Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. It is 721. This is Total Information uh, AM. I'm Scott Jagow on this Sunday morning, July 2nd, 4th of July weekend. We are joined now by Hancock and Kelly. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. I hear John. I don't hear Michael Kelly yet. All right, John. Well, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> All right, because you're on the phone. Uh, tell me what your perspective is on these Supreme Court rulings this week. Well, I think they got the law right. Um, I guess I, I would focus on four of them. Uh, the affirmative action, I think, was the most controversial. And, you know, if you look at the fact set of the case uh, under the 14th Amendment, the Equal Protection Clause, which is what the majority ruled on. Uh, you had Asian students who were trying to get into Harvard who were scoring at the 99th percentile, uh, who were being denied admittance, and African-Americans were scoring at the 40th percentile, and they were being admitted because of the affirmative action policies in place at Harvard. And uh, the court ruled that that was unconstitutional and that uh, race can certainly be used in student essays, but as a point earning system, uh, the court ruled that unconstitutional. I think that's going to be a fairly popular opinion with much of the country, uh, but for, you know, a good chunk of the country, that's going to be highly controversial. Uh, The other case that I think has really gotten misconstrued in a lot of the reporting I've seen is the case of the web designer uh, who did not want to create content, creative content for a lifestyle that they found Uh, religiously antithetic to their viewpoint. Uh, It's not about serving folks. Like if you've got a restaurant and uh, an LGBTQ plus member walks in, you have to serve them food, but you don't have to promote a lifestyle that your religion teaches is sinful. I think they got that decision right. Uh, An earlier decision in the week had to do with this um, state independent state theory of the Electoral College, where on the conservative side, some believed that state legislatures ought to have the ultimate authority to seat Electoral College votes in those states, so they could essentially undo the popular vote results of their states. That's just a theory that was espoused by John Eastman, one of Donald Trump's lawyers. The court ruled uh, with a mix of conservative and liberal justices that that uh, theory is unconstitutional. Now, I think I'm forgetting one uh, other one that's out there, but those are three that, that pop well, into the, mind the student, off the bat. Yeah, the student oh, loan student forgiveness. Loan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And again, I think the court got that right in, in that the president does not have the authority under, under the law to automatically forgive those loans. That's, a, that's an appropriation function that the Constitution resides uh, with Congress and their authority. Well, obviously, from a conservative perspective, uh, people think the court got it right 
this time around with these decisions. The left would say otherwise, uh, right. using terms like backward. Uh, right. My question is, is this the system working? Because we do have liberal Supreme Courts from time to time. It just depends who's the president. It, it depends on people passing away. Um, so it, it seems to me like this is just kind of a cycle of decisions. Sometimes we get liberal ones. Sometimes we get more conservative yeah, ones. Yeah, and, and we haven't had a conservative majority on the court in my lifetime, and that's a, <laughs> that's a long time. Uh, so the court historically has been liberal. You know, it, it's interesting. If you go back to the, the Nixon era, the Ford era, even the Eisenhower era, when Republican presidents were in office, uh, they appointed judges that they thought were going to be conservative, and those judges got to the court and disappointed. I'm thinking specifically of Earl Warren. Um, and, and so Justice Souter, who George H.W. Bush appointed, ended up being quite a liberal jurist on the court. And and even now, you saw that in the case of the state independent state actor case, uh, both John Roberts and Kavanaugh voted with the liberals in, in that case. And so I think you're going to see some instances that, that surprise you. Well, if the decisions had come down differently and from a conservative perspective, I'm just curious what you think the party should do uh, activity-wise to reverse some of this stuff. Let's, let's say, I mean, because Democrats now have to think about that when it comes yeah. to Roe v. Wade. So going through this uh, Congress, is that the the most likely scenario yeah. or state by state? Well, it'd be both. Uh, but if you don't like the court's interpretation of the law, then you've got to change the law to comport uh, with what the, what the courts have ruled as they judge the Constitution. Now, if you take the student loan case, for example, uh, if the underlying legislation had given the executive branch regulatory authority to forgive those loans, if the Congress had passed that and not and then been silent on the issue other than to grant the executive branch specifically the authority to do that, then the court ruling on that issue would have been 100 percent different because there was legislative authority. And so, yeah, if, if the court is interpreting the Constitution in a way you don't like or a law in the way you don't like, then you, your recourse there is to change the law. Something a little different I'm going to ask you now, John, because with President, former President Trump and all the troubles there, and of course we know, uh, I don't need to talk about that, but from a GOP perspective, uh, you know, you take a lot of flack. <laughs> I'm curious as to what it is that you like so much about the Republican Party. Uh, well, I don't like so much about it. There's a lot I don't like about it right now. I'm a conservative, Scott. And, uh, you know, from my perspective, and I haven't changed, you know, my point of view, my philosophy on government, uh, I don't think the Republican Party can accurately be called a conservative party today. There are conservatives in it, to be sure. But if you look at, you know, a lot of the rhetoric that comes out of Trump and, and frankly, Ron DeSantis as well, uh, it's more of a strong arm, use the government uh, in ways to uh, affect policy change, as opposed to a conservative viewpoint, which is to limit the role of government uh, and reduce its influence uh, in our economy. 
And I just don't see that the, you know, the party has changed in the Trump era. And it, you know, there's no, you can wish it to be otherwise, but it, it is what it is. And so, you know, I appreciate candidates who espouse a conservative view of government. And I'm troubled with some of the authoritarian stuff. No question about it. Well, next time, maybe we'll talk about the two-party system, but I'll leave it there for now. John Hancock, thanks so much for your time. Happy 4th, buddy. All right, you too. Bye-bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.